Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Disciple Types podcast. My name is Dave, and this is my brother, Andrew. Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking about Andrew, the ambassador. Uh, This might get a little confusing to you because we're not talking about my brother, Andrew. We're talking about Andrew, the disciple. And my brother, Andrew, is actually not an ambassador type. He is actually what? You're Philip, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm a Philip the philosopher. Philip the philosopher, the the, the thinker, the, the reason part of the tetramorph, correct? That's what I tell myself. <laughs> All right. So, Andrew, I have some questions for you about Andrew. You call him the ambassador. What do you mean by that? Well, I took inspiration from a verse in 2 Corinthians uh Chapter 5, verse 20, where Paul writes, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. Mm -hmm. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So when when I think about that verse, I think about how that's such a crucial role for a disciple to play, to act as the ambassador, to be the person that's reaching out to other people, bringing them together despite differences of background and experiences— and fostering that that reconciliation. And so Andrew, the disciple, plays that role perfectly in the gospel story. He's the social connector for all the disciples. Time and again, we see Andrew act as the go-between for groups, both amongst the disciples themselves and between the disciples and the outside world. So I thought that the ambassador was a really appropriate title for him. Yeah, that's uh, really good. He's the liaison. Exactly. So he's an ambassador amongst the disciples, but also between the disciples and the outside world. Can you give us some examples of that? Sure. So if we think about Andrew as uh, an ambassador amongst the disciples, he's really bridging two different groups. He's part of the inner circle, which consists of Peter, James, and John, the two brothers. Mm -hmm. They're really there for all the crucial events. And Andrew is also there for some of those events. But he's, he's really also interacting with some of the other disciples who aren't really part of that, that core group. So we find that he is playing that, that go-between role within the disciples themselves. So as someone who brings the disciples as a group together, Andrew has the distinction of actually being the first person in the entire world, that we know about at least, who brought someone else to Jesus. I think that's just awesome. And and so after Andrew meets Jesus, the Gospel of John tells us uh, that that the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. Mm -hmm. And he brought him to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the very idea of bringing someone to Jesus, which is almost a cliche that that when when you're telling someone about Jesus and they become saved, that you brought them to Jesus through evangelism. That whole idea started with Andrew. And it was his first impulse, the first thing he did. John was also there. He didn't immediately go tell his brother James, but Andrew immediately told his brother Peter, and he brought him to Jesus, Mm. which really set the ball rolling in terms of building that core group of disciples. As we know, Peter went on to to be uh, extremely important, the rock on which the church was built. So that's an example of Andrew bringing the disciples together as a group. When it comes to being an ambassador out to outsiders, Andrew— actually brings Greeks to meet Jesus. So that's one example. He's also the person who tells Jesus that the young boy in the crowd has the loaves and the fishes that Jesus eventually multiplies to feed the 5,000. 
So these are examples that show us that Andrew was both approachable, but also proactive when it came to reaching out and bringing people together. Mm -hmm. And and that, that, that example is more of a traditional ambassador, the way we think about them today, actually bringing a different cultural or ethnic group uh, to meet a leader from another one. Exactly. And, and it's interesting there because the Greeks initially came to Philip, who also we think was, was someone who had a lot of experience. He maybe spoke Greek, had a lot of uh, similar thought processes. You know, I'm a Philip, as, as I mentioned. Right. And that, that sort of philosophical mindset is very Greek. The Greeks are known for the philosophy, of course. And uh, so the, the Greeks initially came to Philip, mm-hmm. but then Philip was kind of shy about going directly to Jesus. So he actually leaned on Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip both brought the Greeks to Jesus. Wow. So again, that's an example of how Andrew at the same time is being an ambassador to the Greeks who are outsiders, mm-hmm. as well as to Philip, who's someone who's in his own group. Right. But Philip needs that extra help, that extra connection to 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 go to Jesus. Yeah, interesting how the uh, how the types can overlap but still remain distinct from one another. Yes, very much. So, uh, what is it about Andrew exactly that made him? You said he was approachable, made him approachable, uh, but also assertive in bringing people together. That's a great question. Andrew stood at the intersection of several competing identities. So he was Jewish, but judging by his Greek name, he may have also had Greek influences. Uh, He was an observant Jew, but he was also kind of on the fringes of polite society as a disciple of John the Baptist. Uh, Another example, he's a rustic fisherman, but he's more interested in the more spiritual side of things. So in all of these things, we see Andrew trying to bridge that gap between his different competing identities. And Jesus really acts as the keystone of those bridges that holds it all together. Interesting. So the idea of Andrew at this intersection of different identities, presumably that would be true for the other disciples too, particularly Peter. So what made the difference in Andrew? Right. And that's really where Andrew's personality shines. Uh, like you said, presumably he had a similar upbringing to his brother Peter. They had the same job, same family, same religion, but they really didn't have much else in common. They weren't really as close as, say, James and John were, who were also brothers and were almost inseparable at the beginning of the gospel story. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that big difference is really Andrew's personality, and and, and that, that's because he relied primarily on revelation to guide his decisions, whereas as revelation was secondary for his brother, Peter. So Peter was primarily experience and secondarily revelation. So in comparison, we see that Andrew was out there in the wilderness on this spiritual quest, looking for Jesus while Peter was just fishing. He wasn't really looking. He had to be called. Right. And and, and so Andrew was naturally more attuned to those spiritual matters so it's really up to him to be the one who connects other people and helps them tap into that. It's it's really interesting. I was listening to a sermon from Alistair Begg, and he was talking about how God searches far and wide for people to do his will, people to serve him that aren't necessarily people that you would expect. And it just as we're talking about this, the fact that all of these people uh, so varied in their personalities so varied in their talents, were fishermen. So their vocation was so different from their temperament. And God used it all, both the vocation 
and the temperaments. And I, I just find that really moving. It, it's not about what you do, you know, that doesn't necessarily define you. God has made provision for you to be so much more than just your vocation. It, that definitely is very exciting and inspiring. And it's interesting you bring that up because from our modern Western perspective, sometimes we think, oh, well, these guys were all fishermen, so they must be rugged. Mm-hmm. And, and and we think something about them because they're fishermen. Mm-hmm. Because that our mindset, you know, where we come from is that what you do for a living, it was your choice right. to a large degree or in, in some degree. And then it says something about you. There really weren't that many options. I mean, if you were raised, you know, uh, by the the Sea of Galilee, you had to use the resources that you had. So everyone became a fisherman, and and it's really interesting to see these these four different guys who we know were fishermen and how different their personalities really were. Yeah, I got an image of you know Andrew kind of looking out over the Sea of Galilee, uh, noticing the sunset, and and thinking thoughts beyond the here and now, while maybe some of his co-workers or his brother were really intent on reeling in those nets. And he may have been doing an excellent job, but at the same time, uh, letting his mind be elsewhere. And I, I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely. And I think that's probably why he got along with John so well and, and James and why, why John and Andrew were, were both disciples of John the Baptist. They were looking for something more than, than the, you know, work a day life, basically. Right. I know when I garden, uh, being a John, when I garden, I think about so many things while I'm gardening. I mean, I absolutely love the, I love getting my hands in the dirt. I love to, um, to prune things. I love the, the, the muscle memory and just kind of having that activity to be engaged in. And I love the results, but I'm also constantly, um, constantly head in the clouds kind of while I'm working. And uh, I know that kind of annoys our dad, who is extremely, extremely in the moment. And it, the job needs to get done, and you just want to get the job done. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm turning it into uh, a meditation while he's turning it into um, simply uh, A to B to mm-hmm. C, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And, 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 yeah, you're talking about getting your hands dirty and uh, that physical aspect, and that's the experience side which is your secondary uh aspect and but it's all in service to this what's this broader meaning what is this what does this gardening experience mean to right. me right <laughs> uh-huh and it's so annoying to people who just want to get get the job done and move on and but if we, if we all understood each other they wouldn't be so annoying right so enough about me and john because we're not talking about john tonight <laughs> that's right that's right we're talking about andrew but not me about andrew, andrew and not you we're talking about <laughs> Uh, yes, because you're Philip. So but we're Philip. back back to Andrew, the uh, disciple. And so Andrew's Andrew's nickname is pretty cool, the Protoclete, which means and that's Greek, I'm sure, which means the first called. And that sort of plays into that idea of him being on the cutting edge of spiritual knowledge. Is that the revelation in his personality that we were just talking about that we also see in John? Yes, definitely, and I'm not sure if it's if it's Latin or Greek, but it's one of those. And uh, but yeah, it's such an awesome nickname. The first time I read it, it was just like, man, I wish I had a nickname like that. Yeah. And it's it's similar to the nickname for the Holy Spirit, which is the Paraclete. So proto means first, and clete, uh, I guess, means called because it's first called. And Paraclete means to be called called aside to you to be your helper. 
So it's, it's just interesting that Andrew is so spiritually minded and he has a nickname that is sort of like it, it's uh, a partner with the Paraclete. Uh, right. A little quirk that I think is interesting. That's very cool. But yes, yeah, so so yes, it's revelation in his personality. Uh, and it's that Holy Spirit. Um, and so Andrew, along with John, as we just mentioned, are both driven by revelation. Uh, and so they're the first disciples to follow Jesus. But what's interesting about that nickname, the first called, is that they didn't even really need to be called. Uh, not in the way that Peter or James were called from their boats. Mm-hmm. Because they were already there. They were out there in the wilderness. They were following Jesus before he even noticed them, like, creeping up behind him. <laughs> and Jesus, like, turns around and says, like, what do you want? I just love that. <laughs> what do you want? And they're like, uh, can we spend the day with you? And he's like, sure. So they do. They spend the day. And so they were both really looking, not necessarily for Jesus as the man, but they knew that something was happening. They sensed the, the, the times mm-hmm. that there was, there was something going on. And so they were expectant. They were waiting. And that's definitely the revelation side of the personalities. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you mentioned that John didn't go to tell his brother James like Andrew went and told Peter. What made the difference there? That's a good question. So uh, we just mentioned in context of you that if you, since you're a John the Dreamer, you're primarily revelation and secondarily experience. Mm-hmm. So you live in the moment, but it's in service of this, this broader meaning. Right. So when we think about John, John has this experience with Jesus really early on, and he's all about experiencing that spiritual moment. And just letting it wash over him and, and, and meditating on what that what that means to him personally. Mm-hmm. But for Andrew, he he does have that spiritual moment. But since he backs up his his revelation with tradition, he then wants to look for ways to make it practical. He wants to build institutions and identities that resonate with that spiritual revelation. Mm-hmm. So Andrew's definitely way more focused on groups. Uh, he's about building formal relationships and structures. Uh, so that's why it's important for him to bring people together and bring them to Jesus. He doesn't just bring his brother. He he brings the boy with the loaves and the fishes, too. He helps Philip. He brings the Greeks. And so and that's a double whammy where he's both helping the Greeks and he's bringing Philip a, a, as another disciple. Yeah. Um, and so that really shows how much Andrew was the linchpin for the group. So even though he's not the most flashy uh, or the most remembered disciple— that, that's really kind of because he was part of the inner circle and the outer circle. He didn't just take this leadership position and say, well, I was the first first called, so uh, I, get, I get dibs on everything. He was really more about uh, bringing people together. He probably wasn't present uh, maybe as much as some of the other disciples because he was out making connections and making relationships, drawing people in, evangelizing in a way. I think that's exactly right. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't have a whole bunch of information, but we can we can infer Mm -hmm. that the fact that he knew that there was this kid who would be overlooked by most other people. Right. We know how that how the uh, disciples viewed children, you know, bothering Jesus. Right. And and Andrew knew about this kid, knew he had this stuff. And he also had the faith to say, I know that that Jesus can do something with this. So he was aware probably more than many of the other disciples of each person in the crowd. It wasn't just a crowd listening to Jesus. There were people, individuals in this crowd like this little boy. It's pretty cool. It definitely is. 
yeah, and so that's what really connects them to the outside world and also brings people together within that group. So I, I really think that Andrew is the perfect example of an ambassador in the, within the disciples. Yeah, you've convinced me. I think that's pretty cool. I'm going to be looking uh, in my life for people who I think uh, fit that bill. I, I, I don't know. I, a lot of the other types, as I'm reading them, uh, people in my life that I think may may fit that bill uh, jump out at me. But but this one, I don't know. I'm not sure how many Andrews that I know in my life. Well, it's interesting you say that because there are certain dynamics that make certain types naturally be drawn to each other. Mm-hmm. And a Philip and an Andrew type, as we see, Philip is contrasted and, and, and paired with Andrew quite a few times. So also in that, that Feeding the 5,000 story, Jesus first asks Philip what we should do to feed all these people. And Philip's like, you're crazy. We couldn't feed all these people with a year's wages. And he, showed, he, he gives a very logical answer trying to actually solve this problem. And that's not what Jesus is interested in. And then Andrew speaks up and says, hey, there's this kid. So while Philip is like, you know, racking his brain trying to think through through this this problem, Andrew's out there and he's he's filling in for Philip's weakness yeah. in that in that in that way. He's out there getting to know people and also pairing it with this this uh, abiding faith. So they have this interesting dynamic where it's not like they're together because they're alike. It's they're they're making up for each other's weaknesses. With that said, I have a lot of Andrews in my life because they just pop up. And it's not necessarily they pop up. They stick around because there's just something about the chemistry, something about the dynamics yeah. that that they know I need them. They know that I need them to, you know, open my eyes and get beyond just the logical explanations for things. And then they know that I need to be drawn to groups. Otherwise, I'm going to isolate myself. Um, And so I know I need them too. And so there's just a certain dynamic that we just come keep coming back to each other. And, And so there's a lot of Andrews in my life. And that's something I look forward to exploring further in our next episode, which will focus on Philip the philosopher. I'm excited for that too. And I think our listeners will really get a lot out of it. So if you enjoyed this discussion of Andrew the Ambassador, please subscribe to this podcast so that you'll be notified when new episodes are released. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Philip. I, I mean, I'm Andrew. <laughs> you know what I mean.